Lord, our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, help me preach. For I have not the wisdom, the strength, or the skill, or the power to do it alone or by myself. Yeah, God, yeah, God. Heavenly Father, reach down deep inside of me, Heavenly yes. Father. And make all of me, ego, pride, disappear. That your word, yes. your message, yes, may be glorified, magnified, and lifted. Yes, Father. And that in the end, your people will be edified. Yes, God. And you will receive all the praise, honor, and glory. Yes. Which is due in your name. We thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the grief that you bear mm. on our behalf. Yes, Father. Grief that you didn't deserve. Yes. But that you bear it anyway that we might be free. Yes, God. For these things and many more, we are thankful. Yes, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I have a somewhat of an obsession, if anybody knows me, <laughs> conversation in my house. I have a somewhat of a fascination and an obsession with being and getting free. Mm. I have this, this obsession with freedom. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want everybody to be free. Yeah. When I think of even the jobs that we get up and go to every day, I want you to be free. Yes. When I think of uh, what people say that you should do and the places that people say you should go, I want you to be free. Yeah, yeah. Um, mommy and daddy want you to be a doctor, but you might want to be something else. I want you to yeah, be yeah. free. Yeah. And when we think about Christ and his message, the message is almost 100% always about freedom. Uh -huh. mm. It's about being released from bondage. Mm. No longer a slave to the world of people, but a slave to our Lord and Savior, yes, Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah. yes. This morning, I wanted to look at John chapter 20, verses 19 through 30. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 30. The word of God says... Jesus appears to Thomas and the disciples. Thomas, the one called Didymus, which means twin, one of twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. Mm. The other disciples told him, they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. Verse 26 says, after eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Mm. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Mm. Believe. And Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Well. Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Uh -huh. And verse 30 says, then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. Leonard Cohen, famous writer, said, children show scars like medals. Well. Lovers use them as secrets to reveal. 
but a scar is what happens when the word is made flesh. A scar is what happens when the word is made flesh. I can warn you about danger all day, but when you leave that danger with a scar that tells the story, uh, that scar has become a warning or a word made flesh. Some of us are waking up this morning with the scars from what we've believed our entire lives. Now, I'm not uh, against anyone uh, uh, esteeming Resurrection Day, uh, it, it, uh, uh, considering it a special occasion. Uh, by our faith, it is the most important and, and, and uh, significantly the most holy day in our faith. Because our faith is not based on the fact of what we call Christmas or the fact that Jesus was born. Yeah, yeah. Our entire faith is based on the fact and the belief that he was crucified, mm -hmm. dead, buried, third day he rose from the dead, yeah. as the Apostles' Creed reminds us. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it important. So I don't begrudge anyone that stayed up last night sitting next to the stove while the hot cone was heating up, getting there, waiting to get the edges, you know, fried. I don't begrudge anyone who went out and bought a new, you know, outfit and had to stay at the tailors, had to walk the streets of downtown and Los Angeles streets trying to find that perfect outfit yesterday. I don't begrudge that. But that's not what it's all about, and we know that. As a matter of fact, if any of us did any of those things, we show up today bearing the scars of what we believe. Well, well, come on now. We've got the scars. And we, we're not free. If, if that's what we think it's all about, we, we've got the stars that we're not free. Mm -hmm. Visiting the post office recently. And as I entered the post office, I saw a, uh, 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 an older uh, lady approaching the door at the same time. And I didn't want to get there first and hold the door open and, and have her think that I was rushing her. So I had to kind of time it, you know, fill my pockets and... Maybe stall a little bit so that we could get to the door at exactly the same time. Mm -hmm. We got to the door at the same time, and she just happened to reach for the handle first. And I wanted to open that door for her. She happened to reach for the handle first. Um, but when I reached for the handle, and her hand went up at the same time, she stopped. And she looked up at me and said, I'm glad you were here. She said, I'm glad you were here. And then she pointed to her wrist and didn't say anything. And then she turned her wrist over and she pointed from her wrist to her elbow. And then she turned her arm over again and pointed from her elbow back down to her wrist. And she said, this is where I had surgery last year because I fell. And she showed me the scar on her wrist and the one that ran from her wrist to her elbow and back to her wrist again. And all she could say was, I'm glad you were here. Well, I've been through this many surgeries in a year. And I wouldn't have been able to open this door well, well, had you not been here. Well, I can't begin to tell you what I've been through. And, and, and here, here I am, just a stranger. But she felt the need and compelled to show me and tell me about her scars and what she had been through. Mm -hmm. We'll return to her in a minute. I want to speak to you today on the subject of I've got the scars to prove it. Well, well. I've got the scars to prove it. Mm. 
You know, we've seen the, the old saying where people recount how much they've been through. And uh, they say, oh, you know, I've been through this and I've been through that. And all i got to show for it is this lousy t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of us have been through things. And we've got the scars to prove it. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I want to offer is that a scar replaces that which is considered normal. A scar replaces that which is considered normal. Thomas, one of, the one called Thomas, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. That's important. A scar, by definition, is fibrous skin and tissue that replaces normal skin and tissue after an injury. You see, mm. a scar is not normal. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't look normal. Anybody that has a scar, it doesn't look like the rest of your skin. That's why they call it a scar, because you can see it. Yeah. You can tell where the injury took place. So a scar is fibrous skin and tissue that replaces normal skin after an, in an injury. So the heart of the statement begs the question, what is normal? We talk about normal skin. What is normal? You know, there was a recent uh, butterfly migration here in California. Uh -huh. And most of us happened to notice all of these beautiful flying creatures as we walked down the street to and from our jobs. We noticed them. Even when we were in our cars traveling, we noticed all of the butterflies. Mm -hmm. yeah. but I, I wanted to ask, did you happen to notice how many of the butterflies were simply trying to make it from one place to another as they've done for a hundred years? Mm. Did you happen to notice that of all those butterflies, all of them were not able to make the journey? Well, well. Some of them were stepped on. Yes. Some of them were run over. Yes. Some of them were smashed against the windshield, victims yes. of the interstate highway. Yes. All of them weren't able yes. to complete the journey and make it to their destination. That's right. Now, it's normal to us to have highways and streets and, and vehicle traffic, but we have to consider the fact that it's, it's normal to us, but it's not normal to the butterfly. That's right. You see, when, when, when the, the butterflies began their migration, when they started doing this hundreds, hundreds of years ago, there were no cars. That's right. Amen. There were no power poles. There were no insecticides or anything else that would have prevented them from That's making right. their That's journey. Right. Well, right. well. You see, so as I watched the butterflies approach the 91 freeway, mm -hmm. I, I said to myself, this is not normal. Hmm. This is not normal. These majestic creatures weren't meant to, to, to have to dodge cars and trucks. That's right. Yes. And things on the highway, it's not normal that they do that. And our normal response is, is to say something like, well, it's a shame mm -hmm. those butterflies had to cross yes. the highway. Mm. Mm. But if we were to open our eyes just a little bit well. and consider things from a different point of view, we wouldn't ask why the butterflies are crossing the highway. Mm -hmm. We'd ask, why is the highway in the middle of the path that the butterflies have used for a hundred years? Come on now. What's John chapter 20. Mm -hmm. And many people uh, tend to believe in our, in our confidence, in our pride, many of us tend to believe that we're not like Thomas. Mm -hmm. we, we, we really believe that we're not like him. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we claim that if we had walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, there's no way we would have doubted the resurrection uh -huh. like Thomas did. Well. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we act like we wouldn't have doubted. We, we act like our parents never asked us the question is, 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 or, 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 or told us a statement, uh, you don't believe that means a priest. 
we, we act like we've been believing everything for, for such a long time. There was a time when we didn't believe. Well, Amen. And I don't think any of us can say without a doubt that if I had walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus that I wouldn't have doubted like Thomas. Right. Right. You're walking and talking with people today and you still doubt That's right. and have doubts. We're dealing with things today where we still haven't learned our lesson. Mm -hmm. Unbelief. Mm -hmm. Just like Thomas. Yeah. But most of us are a lot more like Thomas than we think. Mm. You see, Thomas's problem wasn't that he was unable to believe. It wasn't that he was unable. He was able to believe. Thomas's problem was that he refused to believe in spite of eyewitness evidence of his fellow disciples. Well. He refused to believe. You ever... Uh, 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 running anybody that just refused to believe something? Trump support. In spite of evidence to the contrary, they refused to believe it? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a piece of paper with, with the, that's redacted or with the certain well, things blocked out. It's well, like, oh, I don't, I don't believe it. Well. It might say that, oh, it completely absolves this person. Well, huh. I, won't, I won't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Despite evidence to the contrary. So it's not that he couldn't believe, it's that he didn't want to believe. And as a Christian, this is, is abnormal that we have this type of doubt. Well, You see, in, in, in my humble opinion, this is not gospel, doubt is caused by nothing more than missing the moment. Okay. Doubt is caused by missing the moment. Thomas missed the moment and was not privy to what the other disciples saw. Remember we said Thomas was not there. And you miss a lot in the equation. When you are not there and choose not to be there. Now, what Thomas was doing, we don't know. Come on now. Come on. But what we do know is that he was not where he was supposed to be. He was not in the room with his fellow disciples. He was not in fellowship with those who had walked with Christ. Mm -hmm. And he missed his moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We run a great risk when we miss our moment. There was another man in the Bible that at a certain point in time missed his moment. It was in 2 Samuel chapter 11, uh, beginning at verse 1. It says, in the springtime, well, come on. at the time when kings go off to war, well, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. Mm, mm, mm. Did, did, did you get that? In the springtime when kings go off to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army. Yeah. Skip down to verse 2. It says, it happened late one afternoon. Mm. When David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof, that, that he saw a woman bathing. Now, it said in the spring, when kings go off to war, very next verse it said David was at home. In other words, the implication of the text is that he was not at war. He was not where he was supposed to be. Now, he missed a moment, but he encountered another one. You see, kings were to be at war, but David stayed home. Mm -hmm. And because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to do, he had an opportunity to rise up off his couch and see that beautiful black woman bathing on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. And we all know what happened next. Yeah. Verse 24 says, one of the disciples was not with the others when Jesus came, that was Thomas. Mm -hmm. And because Thomas passed up the fellowship, with his friends and fellow disciples because he chose to do anything and everything and then be everywhere except where he was supposed
supposed to be. The Bible says he was not with the others when Jesus came. Thomas missed his moment. Wow. Right. Wow. Thomas, uh, uh, for some reason, it seems like he didn't suffer from, from what they call FOMO. He didn't suffer from a fear of missing out. Yeah. He said, I'm going to be where I'm going to be. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Whatever happens, happens. Mm. I, I'll see Jesus when he comes. If I don't, then I won't. Mm. Well. Garrison Keillor says it's a shallow life that doesn't give a person a few scars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Considering the sacrifice of the Savior, the scars that we bear in our body, listen, are abnormal. You see, no one has crucified us. Yeah. Uh, no one has pierced us. No one has given us a crown of thorns, yet we suffer and bear the scars. Yeah. When we hear people uh, committing Suicide. Often we, oftentimes we hear that they, they, they uh, died or suffered from a self-inflicted wound. Uh, uh, uh. And the scars that we bear, day to day, hour to hour, nine times out of ten, most of the time, are from self-inflicted wounds. Well. Things that we do to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't have to bear the scars because Christ did that already. Right. But yet we bear the scars of our foolishness. We bear the scars of our repeated sins and we bear the scars of our disobedience. Yes. All of which are completely unnecessary because the sacrifice that was necessary has already been made. Mm -hmm. Self-inflicted wounds. Yes. The question is, will we be in the room when Jesus appears? Mm -hmm. Or will we stay at home at a time when we should be at war? Right. Whichever we choose, we must remember that our scars are abnormal in the light of the sacrifice of Christ. Well, well. The scars we bear yes. are scars of our own making. Mm -hmm. So, a scar replaces that which is considered normal. Second thing to consider is that a scar is a natural part of the healing process. Yes. Yes. Now that's interesting. Mm -hmm. We have something that's abnormal, but then we have something that's a normal and natural part of the healing process. Well, well. Verse 26 and 27 say, after eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Mm -hmm. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in my side. No more disbelief. Believe. And so, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Jesus knew what he was walking into, as he does with all of us. Yeah. You know, you ever... Uh, you ever get word that somebody has been talking about you or, or mentioning you uh, in conversations that you are not a part of? And uh, when you have a chance to walk into the room and, and say, um, you know, I heard you were talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good feeling. You know, you, you, you were already up on game. And, and, and that's kind of, I'd like to think that's what Jesus was doing right here, Thomas. I heard you had some things to say. <laughs> I heard you wanted to, to take a look at my checkbook and see where I've been writing checks. <laughs> I heard you've been talking. <laughs> the devil placed an advertisement and put his tools up for sale. Well, The tools he put up for sale were hatred, envy, jealousy, and so forth, all set aside and marked with the sale price. Mm. There was one harmless-looking tool apart from the others that was well-worn and priced very high. Someone asked him, they, they, they asked, what's the name of that tool? The devil said, that one is discouragement. Mm. Oh, why have you priced it so high? And the devil said, it's because it's so much more useful than the others. Mm. You see, with that tool, I can pry open a person's heart. Mm. With that tool, 
um, I, I can do things that I can't do with the other tools. And once I get inside that person in their heart, I can make them do as I choose. And the reason it's worn down so badly is because I use it on everyone. And then the devil said, the, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that so few people realize that it belongs to me. Wow. Come on Discouragement. So, when we think about discouragement, we think about uh, how many times have you, you walked past a donut shop or the liquor store and you saw a uh, uh, Super Lotto or Super Lotto Plus or uh, 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 the Powerball and see that amount. How many times have you played the lottery and didn't hit? Mm -hmm. You come a little discouraged. I'm never going to win that. You got to be in a certain state to win that. You got to be a certain type of person to win that. <laughs> How many times have your friends fallen in love and gotten married and you ask yourself, mm. when is going to be my turn? Well. When is my yeah. turn coming? How many times have you missed a promotion or a commendation at work and had to watch someone take credit for something that you were a part of? Well, come on now. When is my time going to come? That, that discourages me. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. Now, now, if you were Thomas, if you were Thomas, you'd be asking, or, or we, we would be asking, how many times, listen, 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 think about yourself, how many times were you not in the room when Jesus showed up? Well. Just like Thomas, how many times were you not in the room doing what you're supposed to do, being where you're supposed to be when Jesus showed up? Imagine that. Not being in the right place or the right time or in the right room when the proof of the resurrection and the atonement and the healing well, showed up. Well. Imagine missing out on that. Years ago, we were um, at a family reunion in, in South Carolina, and you may have heard this before. And I, was, I happened to, to get down there that weekend without uh, getting a haircut. Neither myself or my son was, was able to get a haircut. And I figured I could get a haircut in South Carolina somewhere. There's a lot of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I can find me some place. And so we happened to, to eat at a restaurant, you know, um, uh, down there, a very good restaurant. And, um, you know, time we've been there a little while. I was like, hey, you know, I still, I, I need a haircut. I need to get a haircut. As we walked from the restaurant back to our car, it was late at night. <laughs> you know, sometimes the, the front uh, has a certain complexion and then the back has a certain complexion. As we walked to our cars and, and looked in the alley, <laughs> We saw the, the young men that had prepared our food, and they looked just like me. Hallelujah, they looked just like me. I said, brother, first of all, the food was amazing. Thank you. This is the, one of the best uh, meals I've ever had in my life. Um, and by the way, I need a haircut. <laughs> Do you know a place where I can go, you know, and they can, they can uh, cut me and my son? He said, oh, yeah, it's not far from here. You just go down this way. Um, then you turn left, and then it'll be on your, your right-hand side. I'm like, I got it, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. All is well. So the next day, I retraced my steps. And uh, I, I tried my best to follow the directions uh, that he told, the, the way that he told me to go. And I went down the street a little way, and I turned right, and I looked for the barbershop on the right. The barbershop I walked into <laughs> didn't exactly fit my idea of what I was looking for. And so... I walked in the barbershop, and there was a, a gentleman behind the chair, two gentlemen behind two chairs, that did not look like me. <laughs> <laughs> and they were cutting a, 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 a young boy and a father, also who did not look like me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I thought I might have been in the wrong place, but 
but I'm, I'm trusting the brother that they're recommending. I'm like, um, so I just, I, I stuck my head in. You, this is the definition of sticking your head in the door. I did not walk in the place. I mean, the only thing missing was the, the stars and the bars that the flag in there. So I, I, I stuck my head in. And I said, and everybody stopped and looked at me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Good morning. <laughs> you know, this thing. Good morning, how are y'all? Um, I was wondering if you could cut uh, me and my son's hair. The man behind the chair looked at me and said, uh, I can cut your hair, but we don't do no parts and all that other junk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, I'll be back, thank you. I'll be back. I know good well I wasn't coming back to that place to let that man cut me and my son's hair. <laughs> so something told me something was off here. Something's off here. That, that can't be. You know, I had that delicious meal prepared by black hands. I, I had a good fellowship with the brothers, you know, that, that, that were trying to point me in the right direction. I said, I just didn't feel right. I said, let me go a little further down the road. And when I went a little further down the road and looked on the right-hand side, I saw the barbershop that I was looking for. <laughs> and we went inside. And we sat down. And I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a haircut for myself and my son. They said, hey, no problem. You know, now, there's always an old man in the barbershop at, at the front. Mm. You know, that usually doesn't, you know, you've seen the movie barbershop. This old man in the front never has any customers, right? So they gave me that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing was, and I kid you not, one of the best haircuts I ever had. And he was only going to charge me half of what I normally pay. I said, I'm going to give you what I give the guy back home. Mm. You know, number one, because it's a good haircut, number two, because I appreciate it and you deserved it. So, when we think about being in the wrong place, uh, I went to where I thought I was supposed to be. Nah. Well, come But the truth of the matter, and the fact of the matter was, I needed to go just a little further down the road well, come on, to man. find come on. what I was looking for. Yeah. Right. Now, when we talk about Thomas, it took Thomas eight more days the Bible says, of traveling down the road. But this time he was in the right company and in the right fellowship, and this time he was in the room that he was supposed to be in. Well. And because he was in the room that he was supposed to be in, he had an encounter with the risen Savior. Mm. Right. Now I can just imagine uh, Jesus saying, Thomas, I heard you've been talking about me. I can imagine Jesus saying, Thomas, I heard you needed to see some receipts or some proof of what I've been through. Mm. I can imagine Jesus saying, Thomas, I heard you needed to touch my hands and, and touch my side in order to examine the evidence of my trial. Well, in other words, Thomas, I heard you were talking mess about me well, and needed uh, some evidence in order to believe. Uh, and amazingly, after Jesus appeared, and amazingly, after he invited Thomas to touch his wounds and stars, Thomas changes his mind and said, suddenly, I don't need the proof of what they've done to you. Suddenly, I don't need the proof that you are who you say you are. Come on now, come on. Knowing what I know, I'm just glad you're here. Some people are looking for a sign. And some people are looking for proof. The Bible reminds us of Matthew 13, 39. Jesus addressed the crowd by saying, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no signs will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. If you live long enough, disappointment and discouragement will come. If you live long enough, it will show up on your doorstep. Well, well, Sometimes well. you need to expect it. Yeah. The direct deposit will not hit the bank on time. When you're hungry, the food won't be on the table. Sometimes your kids will stay out too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in those times of discouragement 
The scar is healed. Yes, yes. Again, Thomas had to wait. He was waiting eight days yes. for his revelation. Mm -hmm. But when that revelation showed up, he said, you know what? I don't need to see the scars. Mm -hmm. You being here yeah. is enough. Mm -hmm. Last thing to consider mm -hmm. is that a scar is proof. A scar is proof. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord, my God. Understand, Jesus appeared. Jesus challenged him. I heard you need to see my scars. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Mm -hmm. The Bible never said that Thomas touched Jesus or put his hands mm -hmm. in the wounds. Mm -hmm. right. Jesus just showing up and being there yeah. was enough. A well, scar yeah. is proof. Mm -hmm. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Mm -hmm. Happy are those who don't see mm -hmm. and yet believe. That's all of us. Mm -hmm. right. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence. Signs that are recorded in this scroll. He got to the right place at the right time and entered that locked room. Jesus uh, addressed Thomas directly and Thomas declared Jesus Lord. Didn't need to touch him. Seeing him was enough. Yeah. A man and his wife were out walking one day and they got caught up in a terrible hailstorm. Hail the size of baseballs mm. falling from the sky. The man realized that if we're going to make it out of this I'm going to have to do something or we're going to get badly hurt. Mm -hmm. He draped himself over his wife, covering her with his own body. Mm -hmm. So that instead of the storm hitting his wife, mm -hmm. the hailstones now began to hit him. Mm -hmm. The hailstones got bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And they began to hurt the man. And after a few minutes, he started bleeding on the head and around the ears. The hail had taken its toll. He collapsed and was only able to fall on and cover his wife to shield her from danger. Mm -hmm. They survived the storm. And when they asked the wife about it much later, how she felt about the ordeal, the wife said, every time I look at the scars on his head and on his neck and on his hands and on his ears, I love him more. Mm. I love him more because the scars are the reminder and the proof that on that day he sacrificed himself for come me. On, come on now. Come A songwriter on. once wrote, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus. Yeah. We'll sing and shout the victory. Yeah. The hailstones that were meant yeah. for you and the hailstones that were meant for me yeah. were covered by Jesus. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5 and 2 says, We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Uh, Jesus covered us with his body. Yeah. Jesus protected us from the storm. Jesus protected us from the damage of the hail. And when we all get to heaven, the funny thing is that Jesus will be the only one with the scars. Jesus will be the only one with the imprints in his hand and his feet. Jesus will be the only one with the piercing in his side. Because when the storms of life were raging yeah. and the hail was coming down, he covered us yeah. with his body. He covered us with his yeah. blood. Yeah. Ensuring that not yeah. only a single hair was on our head was harm, but that we would lay yeah. hold to eternal life. Yeah. The yeah. scars yeah. are the proof yeah. of what Jesus sacrificed for wow. us. Thank you, man. Every scar is a reminder of his love. Every scar is a reminder of his sacrifice. Every scar is proof that he is who he says he is, and he has the scars to prove it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, God. General Stanley McChrystal said this. You can get knocked down, and it hurts, and it leaves scars. But if you're a leader, the people you've counted on will help you up. And if you're a leader, the people who count on you 
will need you on your feet. I don't know about you, I'm so glad that Jesus rose to his feet. Yeah. Even as another song says here, uh, he would not come down from the cross. Yeah. He could have saved himself, yeah. but he made the decision. He decided to die yeah. just to save me. Yeah. Because Jesus knew he needed to be on his feet. He knew one day yeah. I would need to encounter him. I needed to encounter him uh, when I was uh, in my worst situation. I needed to encounter him on the, on the road to Damascus when I was yeah. on my high horse and uh, was knocked off and, and met Jesus on the road. I needed yeah. to encounter him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed God. Jesus to be on his feet. Yeah. And there's a community outside of these walls today, a city, a state, and a nation that need people like us, people that are depending on us to be on their feet. We don't have time to doubt. We don't have time to not be in the room when the manifestation shows up. We don't have time to worry about this and that. My God. We need to be on our feet. And if anybody asks us, where are your scars? Where are the receipts? Jesus paid it all. Yeah. Jesus paid it all. Yeah. All I have to do is stand on my feet and get to work. Yeah. Jesus yeah. paid it all. All right, God. Yes, Hallelujah. You might be looking for my scars. You might be looking for my story. You might want to hear everything that I've been through. I don't need the scars to prove it. That's right. Jesus yeah. has the scars yeah. that prove it. Yeah. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, yeah. I thank you for the scars thank that you. you Lord, for my sake, Heavenly Father. I thank you for the abuse that you took for my sake, Heavenly Father. And not only that, but being marched down for crucifixion and punishment, Heavenly Father. I thank you. Thank you, God. That though you could save yourself, you decided to die just to save me. I thank you for the hope that you've given us. I thank you for reminding us that we need to be on our feet, Heavenly Father. Yes, God. And that we need not inflict ourselves with bruises, wounds, and scars because you've already paid the price, Heavenly Father. But what we must do is be in the right place at the right times, doing the right things, Heavenly Father, so that when you appear, we have no fear of missing out, but we're able to strength and empower impart peace to one another and peace to our community, our state, and our nation through the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. These things we are thankful for, Heavenly Father. Yes, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Got the scars to prove it. My God. I prayed several weeks ago, as I do all the time, about what's the word that I need to preach for the people, God. 